I love that you guys are with us today at all of our life churches, our network churches, and those of you on the other side of computer screens around the world at Church Online. You're joining us in part four of a five-part message series on the book of Daniel, where we're looking at selected stories from this amazing Old Testament book. I want to say, as we dive into this week's message, I believe with all my heart that for some of you, this will be a great message of hope. I believe that God is going to speak directly to some of you who've been praying for a very long time, believing that God would do something significant, and you've been praying and believing, and you still haven't seen any results. If that's you, I believe this message will speak to you. In fact, I know so many people that are praying and believing for miracles in so many different areas of life. Uh, some people who are praying for their children or other loved ones to come to faith in Christ. Some who are praying for a breakthrough, like to overcome depression or a financial breakthrough, uh, maybe a relational breakthrough. Some of you are praying for your parents and their marriage is not good and, and you don't want to see them divorced and so you're praying for a miracle. Some are praying for a physical miracle. God, heal me of cancer or heal someone that I love of, of some type of disease. Some of you are praying for your own marriage. Whatever it is, if you've been believing God for a long time for something significant and you still haven't seen results, I believe that God is going to minister to you in a very, very special way. So if you have your Bibles, uh, let's open them to Daniel chapter 10, or you can always follow along in your notes or uh, on the YouVersion Bible app. And let me give you the context of where we are. If you were with us last week, you'll remember Daniel was when his, in his 80s or so uh, in the story of Daniel in the lion's den. He's older than that this week. He's um, an old man, and literally for decades upon decades... He's been standing firm in the faith, believing that God would do some miracles. Because if you remember in week one, we saw how King Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the temple, captured um, so many young men, made them into slaves. And Daniel, for decades, has been praying that God would restore the temple that was destroyed and that his Jewish brothers and sisters who've been in bondage for all these years would be released to go back to their homeland. And there were some signs that this might actually happen, but all of a sudden he received a vision from God that was so disturbing to him, all he could do was seek God in prayer. He saw a vision of, of more war and hardships and is like, I've been praying for decades and now I see more hard times are coming, I can't even take this. And so Daniel did what Daniel always did, he sought God in prayer. For 21 days he went on a fast. Now. If you're new to our church, every year our staff at the beginning of the year goes on a 21-day fast. And literally thousands of you in the church join us as we seek God in prayer. Daniel fasted for 21 days. It says he wore no fragrant lotions, which means he didn't take a bath. Just so you'll know, we do bathe during that 21-day period. I just want you to know that. But he sought God, and at the end of the 21-day period, he had a vision of this angelic being. Now, as we read about this in Daniel 10, let me just tell you, we're not totally sure who this angelic being is. I believe, along with a lot of biblical scholars, that it was probably the pre-incarnate Christ. You say, what does that mean? Well, if you remember, God was there before the foundation of the world. God is the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, a mystery we cannot explain. 
Jesus appears in the New Testament in bodily form, but he existed even before the foundation of the world. So in the Old Testament, there are times where it appears that Christ appears in the Old Testament. This is known as a Christophany. There's a theological word you can bring up next time you're in live stream. Oh yeah, that's a Christophany, okay? So you can use that. And so apparently this is a Christophany. We don't know for sure. I'm gonna preach it as if it were Christ because if I'm gonna err, I'm gonna err on the side of Jesus. Just seems smart to me, okay? Kind of like the kid in Sunday school when the Sunday school teacher said, okay class, what's brown and has a fluffy tail and runs up trees and eats nuts? And the kid said, uh, Jesus? And the teacher's like, no, it's a squirrel. He said, well, it sounded like a squirrel, but I figured God would want me to go with Jesus since I'm in Sunday school. So anyway, it may sound like a squirrel, but we're going with Jesus. And so here's the vision, Daniel chapter 10, uh, verses 5 through 8. Let's look at it together. Here's what Daniel said. He said, I looked up, and I saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning, and his eyes flamed like torches. That sounds a lot like John's vision in Revelation chapter 19 of Jesus. His arms and his feet shone like polished bronze, and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. When he spoke, it was like tens or hundreds or, or thousands were speaking. That's how powerful his voice was. Only I, Daniel said, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. Now, it's really interesting to me that Daniel is the only one that saw this vision. The other guys there didn't see it. Why is that? We don't know for sure, but what we do know is there are often times when God will reveal something special to someone and not someone else. In fact, for those of you who've been followers of Christ, chances are at some point in your life, God showed you something that was really powerful. It might be, you know, you're reading through the Bible and there's a verse that you'd seen like 10 times before, but this time it was like the verse just jumped on. You're like, oh my goodness. I mean, this is amazing. I mean, it's just, this is so speaks to me. And so you tell your friends like, look at this verse. I mean, isn't it amazing? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Want to go get some coffee? Like, no, no, don't you see? You know, it could be a song or, or a message or a, a moment with God. And you're just like, that was the most amazing thing for some of you. That happened today during worship. You sensed the presence of God. And you might lean over to the person next to you like, wasn't that awesome? Like, yeah, the coffee's free and it's not half bad. You're like, what are you doing? You know? And this is what happened to Daniel. They didn't experience it. And I believe with all my heart, there are some of you today you're gonna have a moment like that where you're gonna hear from God, it's like heaven opens up and God is speaking directly to you. And you may ask others, wasn't that the best thing ever? Like, yeah, I mean, the squirrel joke was okay, you know, and like, no, 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 no. I mean, that was amazing. It was, and the reason you're gonna hear it this way is because God has something to show you. And that's how good and special our God is. Daniel has a moment like this. In verse eight, the middle of the verse, he says this. He's in the presence of Christ or this angelic being and he says, my strength left me. My face grew deathly pale 
and I felt very weak. Watch what happens. Then I heard the man speak. And when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. That's powerful. I heard the sound of his voice, and I could no longer stand and fell face down. What is that all about? Listen, the strongest of men cannot bear the weight of the glory of God. The strongest, if you've ever had a moment deeply in the presence of God, listen, you lose strength. You, 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 you don't want to stand. I don't know, some of you who've been followers of Christ, I hope you've had moments like this where you're so in the presence of God, you may simultaneously be grieved over the depravity of your own sinfulness and yet rejoicing over the beauty of his grace, knowing that you're forgiven. In, in a moment with God, you're overwhelmed by his comfort and by his presence and by his assurance, and, and you, do, you just don't want it to end, if you haven't had a moment like that, if you, if you seek him, he will reveal himself to you. I had two what I would call like supernatural moments with God. Um, the first one I'll tell you about, I was in college and I was not a follower of Jesus. In fact, I was like having a really good time sinning, okay? How many of you know sin can be fun? Raise your hands, all of our churches. Not a lot of you, listen to me. If you don't think sin's fun, either you're lying right now or you didn't do it right, okay? Because it can, be, it, can, it can be fun for a while. Then it'll mess you up, and it messed me up. And so I was, you know, a fraternity guy, college athlete. I'm like, you know, I need to find this stuff about God. I didn't know how. So I just said we're starting a Bible study. And so I had seven kind of party buddies with me, and we just start reading the Bible. And this it, grew. All these people were oddly interested, and we were none of us religious types. And the Bible study got so big several weeks into it, and I was reading in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 about the grace of God, and I was so overwhelmed with the presence of God, I had to leave all the people. And the room was so full, I lifted up the little um, the window, climbed out, ran out to a softball field, and just was overwhelmed uh, beside myself with the presence of God. And what I'm about to tell you, I've only shared publicly one time before, and some of you aren't going to believe it. I don't really care, okay? I got down on my face before God, and it was so, I, I don't have words to it. I tried to, to push myself up, and the weight of God was so real on me, I physically did not have the strength to push myself up. And I just was just crying this, like, this worshipful prayer to God, and I heard God speak to me, it was not audible, it was like, it was almost louder than audible. Some of you know what I'm talking about, it was, it was like on the inside, and the voice said, without me you have nothing, with me you have everything, and I just screamed out, I'm with you, and that was it, I just screamed it out, and the weight lifted, and I was able to stand up, and I'm here to tell you, when I went down on my face, I was one person, and when I stood up, I was somebody else. And a lot of you don't believe that. You're like, oh, our pastors, and I don't care what anybody thinks because that wasn't for you. It was what I needed at that moment, and what I'm doing today is a result of one moment with God at the age of 19 when I was completely transformed in his presence. And some of you are gonna have that kind of moment today. It may not be many, but you're gonna hear something that's gonna move you and you're gonna leave or walk away from your computer a different person because God had something just 
for you. So what I want to do in the rest of our time together is move into what I call the application. In other words, I don't want to just read God's word and then you don't do anything with it. I want to talk about how does it apply to our life? How do you stand firm in faith when you're praying and you don't see anything happen? We're going to see three things to remember when you're standing in faith. Buckle your seatbelts because this is about to get good. The first thing if you're taking notes is this. You always need to remember that God cares about you more than you do. Our good God cares about you more than you do. Verse 10 says this. Daniel says, just then a hand touched me and did what? Let's all say it aloud. The hand touched me and what? And it lifted me. Somebody in Fort Worth helped me out. What did it do? Say it with me. It what? It lifted me. Now, if I could sing like some people can, about right now an organ would start playing in the background. And I would sing the words from an old and famous hymn. But since I can't sing, I will not do that. Because if I did, you would not come back. But what I am going to do is I'm going to read the words from this hymn. And I love everybody, but I hate preachers who can preach and sing because they make me sick and I can't do it. But anyway, just then a hand touched me and lifted me. Here's the words. From sinking sands, he lifted me. With a tender hand, he lifted me. From shades of night to plains of light, oh, praise his name, he lifted me. The, the, the hand of God never extends to condemn. It always extends to lift. And this is what Daniel says. Just then, the hand touched me and lifted me. Some of you are going to sense the hand of Christ lifting you today, still trembling to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. Daniel, you are very precious to God. Some of you, this is your moment. This is what you must here, this is why you're here today, that you are precious to God. You are valuable to God. He loves you. He cares about you. There's nothing you can do to make him love you more. And there's nothing you can do to cause him to love you less. He loves you because that's not just what he does, but it's who he is. You are precious to God. But the word precious, it means valuable. I have to be honest with you. I love a lot of people, but they're not precious to me. My children are precious to me, okay? My wife is precious to me. Pastor Chris is my campus pastor. I love him, I honor him. He is not precious to me, okay? <laughs> if he were my workout partner, I he's not precious to me. If he were, we couldn't work out together. It's guy code, it's like, <laughs> like with another guy. A guy can go up to another guy, a guy can pat each other on the bottom all day long, as long as the hand is flat. If it's cupped, you can't be friends. It's just a guy code, you know. And so my children are precious to me. And our good God looks at you with the same kind of love that a loving father has for his children. You are precious to God. He cares about you more than even you care about yourself. Daniel goes on and the voice says, you're precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up. Everybody say stand up. We're going to stand up for I have been sent to you, Christ says. With, when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Three things to remember when you're standing firm in faith. The first thing is that God cares 
about you more than you do. The second thing, and I love this with all my heart, is this, God is doing more than you understand. He's doing way, way more than you understand. This is about to get really cool, verse 12. Then Christ said, the angelic being said to me, Daniel said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you begin to pray, since the first moment you pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. Since the first time you prayed, God heard your prayer. I have come in answer to your prayer. Now verse 13, I gotta warn you, if you think it's been weird so far, you ain't seen nothing yet. We're about to go supernatural Star Wars weird. Get ready, because this is really cool. Verse 13, Christ or the angelic being says, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to kick some butt on my behalf. I edited that part. He came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Let's talk about this because this is really interesting. Let me first talk to those of you who've been praying for a long time about something. For those of you who've been praying so long that you even wonder if it's worth it. Those of you who've been praying so long, you hear the voice in the back of your head that says, why even bother? God doesn't care. I mean, if God were going to do something, he would have done it a long time ago. You're praying and you're just wasting your breath. God's not listening and he's not going to do it. It must not be his will. I want to talk to those of you who have that in your heart even now. And what I want you to understand is the first time you prayed, God heard your cry. The first time you prayed for healing for that person you love, God heard your prayer. The first time you prayed for your child and, and begged God to do a miracle, God heard your prayer. The first time you prayed, our good God heard your prayer. And God loves a persistent prayer. He loves when we continue to cry out to him. He loves the faithful, persistent prayer of his saints. But the first time you called on him, heaven heard your prayer. The first time you cried out in faith, believing, heaven opened and God heard your prayer. Verse 13, and this is so cool, I just want to talk about it. But for 21 days, the spirit, wait, 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 how many days was that? 21 days. How many days did Daniel fast? 21 days. That's interesting. For 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Now, who is the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia? Again, we're not totally sure. What most Bible scholars believe, and I totally agree, is that this is a demonic force. If you'll remember, uh, some of the angels rebelled against God in the early days, and they're known as fallen angels. Uh, many believe those are the demonic forces that do battle in the kingdom world today. What we have to remember is that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of this dark world. In other words, what you see with your eyes is not all there is. Don't ever believe that just this physical realm is all there is. For 21 days after you prayed, Christ was sent and was doing battle in the heavenly realms with this evil force. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came as backup. He came to help me out. So this angelic being says, I left him there. You deal with this prince from Persia, I'm going to Daniel as an answer to his prayer. Here's what's so powerful to me, and this moves me so deeply in my heart. Think about this. Daniel prayed, 
And he continued to pray, and he continued to pray. And what did he see? Nothing. Not a thing. He didn't see anything. But just because he didn't see anything did not mean God was not doing something. Oh, I don't know how you're sitting there being so quiet today. Honestly, this must be for someone in Fort Worth, Texas, or maybe Keller, Texas. Maybe it's for someone in Broken Arrow or Wichita. It may not be for someone where I am, but I know this is speaking to someone because you've been praying for a long time, and you've been crying out to God, and you haven't been seeing anything. But just because you're not seeing anything doesn't mean God is not doing something. The first time you cried out to God, he released his angelic beings, and they're doing warfare for you in a way that you don't even understand. And you just keep praying, and you just keep believing, and you may not see anything, but you have no idea what kind of battle is going on in the heavenly realms from a God who loves you so much that he's working behind the scenes to do things you can't see, and you wouldn't even understand because he cares about you and the kingdom of light will overcome the kingdom of darkness. 21 days earlier when Daniel still saw nothing, there's a battle raging in heaven because heaven heard his prayer the very first time he prayed. I'll illustrate this for you. The cheesiest, almost most insulting illustration ever, but the the fact that this is so cheesy to me illustrates the power of how much more God cares. The first time I saw this, I was a new believer in college, 19 years of age. And I played tennis in college. And back then, we didn't have shorts with pockets in. It was like a really bad era. It was like you wore underwear. You just put the ball up in your pants. It was really bad. And so you didn't have a place to put your keys. And so we all had these big keychains, And you put the key in the elastic part the keychain and the keys would hang over. We were like tennis players, janitors. That's kind of what we were, a combination. <laughs> and so I had this really cool one, the keychain that was really big, and it said, I do, but not with you. I'm not exactly sure what that means, <laughs> but I kind of have a feeling it wasn't very Christ-like, okay? And that was my keychain, so I became a Christian. And then my friend's like, that's kind of like, isn't that like implying something bad? Like, yeah, but it's my keychain. And so, you know, finally I, it dawned on me, I need to get rid of this. But, you know, when you're living on ramen noodles, you know, like buying a keychain and having, you know, you just don't want to spend any money at all. And so I'm like, God, I want to get rid of this, but you got to give me a keychain. And then, because I prayed about everything, because I just was crazy enough to believe God cared about everything. And so I prayed that prayer. Three days later, I was coming down the cafeteria and someone had said something about, you know, isn't that a bad witness? And you aren't you a Jesus guy now? I'm like, okay, you're right. So I took it. It was like, a, it was, this was crazy. It was a real dramatic moment for me. I'm a new Christian. So I take the keychain off. I'm like, you know what? My past life is gone. There's a garbage can. Like, I bind this past in the name of Jesus. It's gone. And I'm putting it in there and I'm walking away from it like this holy spiritual moment. And then I'm walking back to my fraternity house. I'm like, where did I put my keys? <laughs> Where I put my keys, you know, this is like stupid. And I went back, God, as my witness, there was a package that came from a girl named Desiree who heard about my new faith in Christ who lived in Nebraska. I opened up the package, God is my witness, I'm lying, I'm dying, open it up, there's exact same keychain size and everything that says try God on it. I was like, whoa. Now, I did the math. Don't miss the power of this. It would have been about three days before when I prayed the very first time that a girl in another state 
was moved on by the heart of God to purchase a keychain for me, to put it in the mail. When I prayed, I saw nothing. And the whole time, the answer was in the mail. <laughs> Just because I didn't see anything did not mean God was not doing something. Now you're getting with me and feeling the power. Just because you don't see anything doesn't mean that God isn't doing something. I don't know how this would apply to you, but if God cares about a stupid keychain, think about how much more he cares about what you're petitioning him for in faith, standing in faith. How do you keep standing in faith? Because you remember that he cares more about you than you do because he's doing way more than you understand. And number three, if you're taking notes, is God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. In fact, that's a, a New Testament principle. Paul actually said that. In your weakness, his strength is made perfect. Uh, for example, when, um, when I work out, with, I've had the same workout partner for over 20 years, and sometimes at the end of our workout, we'll do a burnout set where we take real light weights and just do as many reps as you can do. Uh, one day we were doing bench presses, and uh, so we just took the bar. This looks ridiculous, but it's really effective. And you just do the bar, nothing, nothing else. And, you know, you try this sometime if you work out. First 20 reps or so, you're like, this is stupid. 30 or so, you kind of get tired. About 40, man, like, your boobies are on fire. I'm in fire. And they're like, oh, you're like, oh, you're like shaking. This kind of thing. You know, and so we're up to like 50 or you know, so. And then, you know, I'm shaking, and people are like, what's wrong with him? And John's like, 10 more. I'm like, 10 more, I'm gonna die. And he's like, come on. And he's getting, it's all you. And he starts to help me up. He's like, it's all you. It's all you. I got to where there's about five more, and I just let go. And John didn't notice. He goes, come on, Rochelle. It's all you. It's all. Come on, four more. Come on, three more. It's all you. Two more. Okay, good set. He puts up. And I'm just laughing at him. Like, I let go five reps ago. That wasn't all me. That was all you. <laughs> when I got to the end of my strength, guess what? He took over. When I had nothing left. He stepped in. Some of you, you're going to come to a place in your faith where you feel like you've got nothing left. You're at the end of your strength. Let me tell you what, that's when you're strongest. Not in your own power, but that's when his power becomes most real. Listen, until you fully embrace your weakness, you will never appreciate and experience his strength. When you recognize, I prayed and I don't have any more faith, and I physically don't have any more strength, and I'm at the end of myself, that's when his power becomes more real than ever before. Until you embrace your weakness, you'll never fully understand his strength. Verse 17, this is what Daniel says to Christ or the angelic being. He says, how can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, my Lord? My strength is gone. My strength is gone. I can hardly breathe. Some of you right now, that captures exactly where you are right now. My strength is gone. I've been hanging on for this marriage. I've been hanging on for my kids. I've been fighting for this. Financially, I just don't think, my strength is gone. I can hardly breathe. Then the one who looked like a man did what? Everybody say this aloud, he did what? He, he touched me again. He touched me again. And what happened, Daniel said? And I felt 
my strength returning. When he touched me again, I felt my strength returning. Don't miss the power of this. When he touched me, I felt my strength returning. Some of you, this is all you need. This is it. Boom, right there. There it is for you. There's your God moment. One touch, and your faith is restored. One touch, and you're coming back to Christ. One touch, and you're believing God for that thing that you stopped believing God for years ago. One touch, and it's enough to keep on going. One touch, and your strength is returning. One touch from the presence of Christ, and everything changes. I have no strength. One touch, and I felt my strength returning. And Christ says to him, don't be afraid, he said. In other words, if you didn't hear it again, I'm going to tell you again, for you are very precious to God. You are very precious to God. Peace, be encouraged, be strong. You can keep standing in faith because the first time you prayed, God heard your prayer. And he released angelic forces to do work in the heavenly realms. Let me just be real honest with you. He may do exactly what you're praying for, or he may not. But just because you don't see anything doesn't mean he's not doing something. And people are going to look on you and go, now, how, how are you still standing, hanging in there? And how come you haven't given up? You're going to say, because you don't understand. I realize this. God cares about me more than even I do. And he's doing way more than I understand. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. I've embraced my weakness, therefore I've tapped into his strength. And what you need to understand is, I continue to believe with everything in me because the first time I prayed, heaven heard my prayer. And I trust in a God who is good working in all things to bring about good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And that's how I continue to stand. Because just because we don't see anything doesn't mean my God isn't doing something. Father, we pray that in your presence, your Holy Spirit would strengthen your church to have faith to believe that what your will is in heaven would be done on this earth. All of our churches today, those of you who would say, yes, God is speaking directly to me. There's something I've been praying for, and I need this to keep believing. Others of you who say, you know what? I, I admit I stopped praying for something, and God is, God is touching me with it. I feel my strength returning, and I want to believe again. I want to keep praying and believing for a miracle with his help. I will continue to stand in faith. All of our different churches, you've been praying for a long time, and this is speaking to you. It's building your faith. You want to continue to stand and believe for the miraculous. All of our churches, if that's you, would you lift your hands high right now? Just lift them up. Just lift them up. There's more of you than that. All of our churches, just say yes. All of our campuses, God sees the faith of your heart. Father, I thank you today for those who are continuing to believe for what others would say would be absolutely impossible. God, we thank you that you care about the intimate details of our lives, that you truly care about us even more than we could ever comprehend, that we are precious to you. God, we thank you that even though we don't see you doing anything, by faith we believe in the heavenly realms, you're doing more than we could ever imagine. And God, we thank you now at this moment for those who are at the end of their own strength and weakness has set in, that your strength would be made perfect. God, build the faith of your church. Give us the faith to continue to believe, even when we do not see. And God, even if you don't do what we think you should do, we continue to trust you because you're a sovereign God, a good God, 
who only has plans to bless us and prosper us, that your name would be glorified in this earth. We choose to trust in you. Build our faith. One touch, God. God, I thank you especially for those today who experienced that one touch, that one word, that one verse, the touch from your Holy Spirit and their strength and their faith is returning. As you keep praying today at all of our different churches, let me tell you what's going on right now for some of you. And let me just be real honest, and it'll sound kind of out there, and it is out there, but it's real. There is a battle going on for some of you, and you know it. At different points in your life, maybe some of you, you've been drawn toward the things of God, but you've never fully given over and said, Jesus, be first Lord of all. You, you may have even kind of prayed some kind of prayers and thought you meant it, but you look at your life and you recognize, I've never, by faith, fully stepped into everything that God has for me. Some of you right now, you're not even like really church people, but you're here and you're not even sure why. And that's evidence of God's work in your life. And there's something drawing you toward God. What is that? Listen, that's God doing what he does in the spiritual realm. That's his Holy Spirit revealing himself to you. It's his love, his loving kindness drawing you. And you recognize, oh my gosh, I really think I need this. I, I really want to trust him. I want to give my life to him. But then there's a voice that says you're not good enough and, and you've messed up and what about all this stuff? And if you do, then you're still going to mess up and they're going to call you a hypocrite. And listen to me, all that stuff is a reality. We've all sinned, but that's why his grace is so powerful because Jesus, who was without sin, died and rose again so that anyone who calls on his name would be saved and forgiven and transformed. And listen, that's why many of you are here and you know it. Right now, at this moment, there's a battle for you and you have a choice. Do you surrender or do you leave the same way? And all of our churches, there are those of you who say, yes, it's time. Now is the moment. By faith, I surrender my life to Christ. I give my life to Christ. I turn from my sins. My life belongs to him. Without him, I have nothing. With him, I have everything today. I'm with him. That's your prayer. Lift your hands high now. All over the place, lift them up high. Right there, God bless you. And there as well, all three of you in this middle section right up here. Praise God for you. Both of you over here on this side, right back over here. Others say, yes, by faith I surrender to him. All the way in the back, right back over there, up here. All of you together. Bless you guys. Both of you together here, way back over here in this section. Say, yes, I call on him. Church online, you click below me right back here. Now for the one who's leaning into it and you're thinking about it and you didn't do it. At the count of three, you do it. One, two, three. Hand up right here. God bless you. Say, yes, I surrender to him. And back here, I give my life to him. He is Savior and Lord right back over here. Pray with those around you. Pray aloud. Heavenly Father, I surrender to you. I give it all. My life is not my own. Jesus, be my Savior. Be the Lord of my life. Be first in every way. Holy Spirit, fill me so I can know you, God, so I can serve you, so I can follow you. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. And right now there's a party in heaven where angels are rejoicing, and you join that party to welcome those born into God's family today.